Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Joining us right now is Jordan Davidson. He is with Sam Smart Approaches to Marijuana. He joins us now. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to the show. Hey, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me, and I'm, and I'm grateful to be able to talk uh, about my home state of Connecticut. Is it your home state? Where did you grow up, Jordan? I grew up in, in Weston and Westport and lived there for the first 18 years of my life. Oh, that's so cool. Then I would have been your judge. Are you voting now as a, as a member of the Westport yep. or Westin community? Are oh, you? No, I, oh, wish I, I, I wish I still lived in Connecticut, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm down in Washington, D.C. now. Okay. All right. Well, you'll come back. We're, we're waiting for you. So, so yeah. Jordan, tell me a little bit about your story. You still sound like a young man. What brought you to work for Smart for Sam for this organization? Yeah, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm turning 22 this month. I'm a, a senior at American University in Washington oh. D.C. and and I lead federal affairs for for Smart Approaches to Marijuana and. My story really began, um, you know, a week ago. Uh, sorry, a week from now, four years ago, on December 9th, two thousand and eighteen, when I entered addiction recovery. Um, I struggled with marijuana addiction or a cannabis use disorder. I was smoking this high potency THC, this you know, ninety nine percent THC supercharged marijuana that they're selling in legal markets and will be selling soon in Connecticut. And you know, the addiction rate of that has gone from about twenty years ago, one in ten, to one in three now. And that was the stuff I was smoking morning, noon, and night, and I got addicted to it. And so I went to rehab and went to 12-step programs and eventually got connected with Smart Approaches to Marijuana, where we fight against marijuana legalization and for health-first, kind of public safety-first marijuana policy. Let us let me go back a little bit. Um, how did you get hold? Obviously, legally, you were not allowed to get hold of this stuff. So how did you get hold of this stuff? Well, some of the people who actually dealt marijuana to me in high school, um, I know for a fact that some, some, some of the source, um, the sources of where they got their marijuana was actually in legal states. 
um, in, in oh. states at the time, like, uh, for example, because I, I, I ended up, I actually went to high, I spent high school in New Hampshire, um, and, I, and, and some kids there went even into Maine, where it was legal at the time, to get marijuana and to bring it back in. And so that's kind of the stuff that I was selling, and uh, sorry, not selling, I, I didn't sell, I, I was using. Um, and, uh, you know, it was these high-potency THC vapes. And we're seeing those products on legal markets across the country right now, and it's really frightening because they're advertising them using fun flavors, and that's the kind of stuff that got me hooked. I started off with Juul. I'm sure everyone's familiar with Juul, mm-hmm. and you know the mango-flavored Juul pods or the mint-flavored Juul pods. That's that's really the first substance that I used, and that introduced me to people who are using marijuana. So you were starting out vaping tobacco, and then you went from tobacco to marijuana, or were you vaping marijuana that was flavored? No, so I was so so I was vaping um, so nicotine vapes, so okay. like Juul. That's mm-hmm. what I started with when I was just I think a freshman in high school. And okay. then you know the, the the people who are using those kinds of things are also oftentimes using other substances. And that's a lot of the, the you know, times how kids get introduced to kind of uh, you know, harder, more severe substances, and that's exactly what happened to me. My, my best friend at the time from Connecticut um, was using marijuana really, really heavily, and he was the one who introduced me to jeweling, and then he was the one who introduced me to smoking marijuana. Okay, so I just want to posit the fact that we didn't have the legalization of all of this, notwithstanding that it was legal in other states, Jordan, and yet you still got it. So is the issue an issue of law or is it an issue of education and public policy? In other words, cigarettes are still legal, but we have succeeded more or less in society of making smoking tobacco something that is far less common than it used to be. So what do you think about that, Jordan? Well, Lisa, it's really a it's really a combination of both of those things. So, on the kind of cultural or I guess educational front, um, there's definitely a big role to play. You know, we've been normalizing um, marijuana use for for years now, and yeah. that means that people, that young people, um, have a lower kind of uh, harm perception of marijuana. Mm-hmm. And we've done the opposite with cigarettes, as you mentioned. Actually, polling from Gallup just came out this week showing that young people are using marijuana at two times higher rates than cigarettes. Oh and you can see culturally the way oh. mar- marijuana is perceived and the way cigarettes are perceived. Yeah, it's true. Public, You're right. On a, You're right. Yeah, I don't know what the hell policy, we're doing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. On, but on a legal front, there's certainly really um, you know, frightening and concerning legal implications from, from, from legalization. Um, the actually most comprehensive uh, you know, analysis of 20 different studies using thousands of survey participants, using national data about legalization's impact on young people came out this week. And what that study showed was that in states that legalize recreational marijuana, uses among young people increase, and also rates of cannabis use disorder increase, but treatment rates actually go down. So you have it kind of running in in opposite directions in the worst possible ways where more young people are using and they're getting addicted to it, but even fewer of them are seeking treatment for that addiction. And that's what's happening as a result of legalization. So Jordan Davidson, I want to ask you to tell us, because you're a great witness to this, uh, talk to us about addiction to marijuana. You know, there are people who believe that you can't get addicted to marijuana. Uh, I think they're wrong, but they believe that and they are people that argue and carry on about why we should legalize this and they minimize the 
possibility of getting addicted to marijuana. They say it's not an addictive substance. So tell me about that. Well, Lisa, they're just patently false. That's that's just you know misinformation. Um, the National Institute on Drug Abuse has an entire page about marijuana addiction. It's also a myth that marijuana isn't physically addictive. It certainly is physically addictive. You know, I'm not I'm not a scientist, but you know from what I've learned from really from experts, your endocannabinoid system. It's a system in your body that gives you pleasure. It, you, know, you derive pleasure from your endocannabinoid system. And marijuana basically supercharges that system by sending potent cannabinoids to it. And it basically burns it out. And you're not able to receive the kind of pleasure from your endocannabinoid system as you would normally from natural everyday activities without using marijuana. And that can cause things like withdrawal. And so marijuana certainly is addictive. And they say psychologically addictive. You know, anything can be addictive. People right. say it's just a plant. Uh, Heroin's made from poppy. That's just mm -hmm. a plant. Uh, and there are 14 million Americans with cannabis use disorder. And the final point on this kind of addiction issue is, you know, these the people who talk about marijuana not being addictive, I was one of them when I was using marijuana, have been sold a lie from people who are great at marketing the fact uh, that products they're selling aren't addictive. When Canada legalized marijuana, basically the day that they did, Altria, the parent company of Marlboro, the big tobacco company, invested $2 billion in the industry. Constellation Brands, the parent company of Fedka Vodka and Corona Beer, invested $4 billion. The former CEO of Purdue Pharma that manufactured and sold Oxycontin now owns a marijuana company. Big Pharma, Big Tobacco, Big Alcohol, these are the industries most heavily invested in marijuana. And they've done a great job for the past 100 years convincing people that their products aren't addictive either. Yeah, that's true, Jordan Davidson. You really make a very eloquent spokesperson. Tell me a little bit about what an addiction to marijuana did in terms of, to you personally, in terms of your habits, your motivation, what was it like going through the world, your decision-making? How did it have an impact on you? You know, I'd say that the biggest impact it had was just fundamentally altering my personality and the person that I was. I woke up one day and looked at myself in the mirror after a long time using marijuana, and I didn't recognize the person who was looking back at me. Um, I often say that I didn't believe, and I didn't at the time, I didn't believe that people had souls, that we were spiritual beings until I realized that I lost mine to using marijuana. That's really the biggest impact that that had on me. And I, I struggled, and you know, I was, I was slipping in my classes. I was um, really the, the, one of the other bigger impacts was retreating from my family and friends. Mm -hmm. I began, began to isolate. I didn't hang out with the people I was hanging out with as much. My best friends noticed that I was withdrawing. My girlfriend at the time told me, you know, it's either me or the marijuana. You have to make a decision because I'm tired of being playing second fiddle to you using substances. And um, fortunately for me, I had a support system, and that kind of really <laughs> knocked me in the head and told me, Jordan, what are you doing? Um, kind of see how you're impacting your life. And uh, I woke up one day and decided to listen. Yeah. And what kind of rehab did you enter, Jordan? What, what kind of rehab is there available for people who are addicted to marijuana? Yeah, so I went to a rehab facility in Connecticut, um, and I went to an outpatient program. For me, it was a 30-day outpatient program. Um, that means I went a few days a week, um, basically spent my 18th birthday in, in a rehab facility. I, 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 I got sober two weeks before my birthday. Um, and 
I also went to Narcotics Anonymous meetings. Basically, every day I did what they call a 90 and 90, which is going to 90 meetings in 90 days. And those two things were really helpful for me and supportive for me. And it really depends on kind of the scale of someone's problem. Um, there's a lot of really good resources. I, I highly recommend 12-step programs to people like Alcoholics or Narcotics Anonymous. But for you know uh, things like therapy or, or rehab, you know, if, if someone has a really severe problem, they offer inpatient rehab, uh, you know, facilities where you can actually live at a facility and, and outpatient programs where you can just go a few days a week. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, uh, another big problem we have in, this, in, in, in our country is, is that not everyone has the insurance to be the able money. to, to, to money you know, adequately pay for that. It's yeah, money. it's a big piece. Um, yeah, it's a big piece of it. So it's really expensive, and and you know that's something that certainly needs to, to to be improved. But there are a lot of resources out there for people. Do you um, believe that? Well, let me ask first of all: Are you at liberty to tell us where in Connecticut you did inpatient, so that people listening who are thinking that they might have the same problem could call? Yeah, I so I so the I went to. Um, so where I went in Connecticut uh, was oh god why am I now blanking on the name I think it was Silver Hill Hospital yeah Silver okay. Hill Hospital okay. that's, yeah, that's I where I went well. in Connecticut yep. yeah and they're and they're very very good okay I'm so yep. glad that they helped you I'm so glad that they helped yes. you your, your parents must be so and your family must be so delighted and relieved do you think for you the kind of addiction that you had to marijuana is something where you need to stay away from it the rest of your life period or you could enjoy it once in a while socially without becoming addicted again? No, you know, so it's something that I'm going to stay away from for the rest of my life. I made a decision on December 9th, 2018 to quit all substances. That includes uh, tobacco, that includes marijuana, that includes mm. alcohol, that includes everything. Because, you know, marijuana just happened to be my drug of choice. But I'm someone who has a disease of addiction. and I have an addictive personality and um, you know, I am not able to just take one drink. And it's something that is, you know, runs runs in families. It's at some point is, is hereditary. My mom got sober at the age of 19. My mom's been sober for almost 40 years. Wow. Um, and, uh, and, you know, my grandfather got sober in the last six years of his life. My great-grandmother mm. never got sober. Mm. Um, so things can improve over time, uh, clearly, but uh, it, it really has run through my family. And my mom has lived an amazing life and has lived a successful and happy life, completely sober from all substances. Um, and she's uh, been, you know, been able to do that because of that sobriety. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Jordan. I'm so happy to hear your voice. I think it's really important that there be a young voice in this conversation, Jordan. I think that the voices about marijuana um, have to come from the young people. When I saw a statistic last year that floored me, it showed in a survey of high schoolers that the majority of high schoolers in this country felt that marijuana wasn't as dangerous as cigarettes. And the thing is yeah. that it's that, you know, the thing about cigarettes is it, it, they cause cancer and, and nobody should smoke. And we all know that. But nobody ever like lost motivation, didn't have a job, you know, because they smoke cigarettes. In other words, cigarettes is its own thing. But marijuana, to me, to me, because it is a psychoactive drug, because it does make you yeah. out of it, is far more damaging to somebody's entire life's potential. And to see that high schoolers believed that cigarettes were more dangerous than pot, I, I was just 
stunned and very saddened by that because it means that there's a very successful lobbying effort going on to fool our our kids. They're fooling them. You're to- you're totally right. You're to- I mean, you know, cigarettes are certainly very dangerous substances, and people you know people shouldn't be using those either. But the same goes for marijuana. Marijuana is a, is, a, is a completely kind of different substance in many ways, and our young people shouldn't be using it. It's something that, especially, especially under the age of 25, when your brain isn't fully developed, um, then we know that it can have really catastrophic consequences. We're seeing things like um, over, over time, eight points, an IQ drop for chronic marijuana use, um, you know, really uh, you know, lower performances in school. A lot of problems that are going to affect our young people, and you know, my generation can't afford this. Uh, we can't afford to sleep at the wheel, and and you know, we, we need healthy and and happy people, and and marijuana and legalization just is not going to promote that. Thank you very much, Jordan Davidson, for being with us from Sam Smart Approaches to Marijuana. We wish you great success in this endeavor, finishing up college, all those good things. Uh, can't wait to see you back in Connecticut, in my own district, in my own neighborhood. Yes. And maybe you'll come and address us one morning at Kiwanis on a Saturday morning in Weston. I bet the people would love to hear you speak. I'd love that. I'd love that. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Lisa. Thank you so much. Jordan Davidson on the Lisa Wexler Show. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.